Okay, quick show of hands. How many of you remember TGIF? Friday nights. Yep, just what I thought. No one under the age of 30 knows what TGIF is. If, you if you're under the age of 30 or you're over the age of 30 and you had a life in the 90s, uh, you, you probably don't remember TGIF. It was, a, it was this compilation of shows on Friday nights that had Family Matters, that had Full House, right? Help me out. What were some of the other ones? I was trying to think of it this week. Any, what was the, uh, some of the other ones in TGIF? No one? All right, so I was the only one that didn't have a life in the 90s, I guess, because I was watching all the time. Anyway, um, welcome to Family Matters. This is a, a conversation uh, about being a church family and why it matters. And, and we learned last week that, that church matters um, because God is up to something in the world. We get to be a part and the, the church is actually the epicenter of that activity. That the church, the, the, the big C church, as well as the little C, these local churches, is the epicenter, is God's plan A to save the world. And uh, that long ago, Jesus sat down with his key followers and told them that he was going to build his church. This word, ekklesia, we talked about it last week, this Greek word. And what he had in mind when he used this word was not a building, it was not an institution or even an event that would require people to get up early on Sunday mornings. Like, that's not what he had in mind when he said the word church. Rather, what he had in mind was a gathering of people, a group of people who would comprise a movement built on the fact that he was the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and that through this movement, he would share that message of, of, of who he was and what he'd done, that he died, he rose again, um, and it would... It would begin to connect, that the church would be the primary agent to help connect people to God. That's what we talked about last week. And those people did just that. They told others about it, and then those people told others, and others told others to people. And here we are today, 2,000 years later, um, uh, as a church family. And therefore, we believe that what we do matters because now it's our turn to be the bearers of that message now, in the next few weeks of, of this series called Family Matters, I want to explain um, the things that we are doing as a church the, to be a part of that movement. Um, in short, we will get a chance to explain the, in the next couple of weeks the why behind the what. Why, why do we gather on Sunday mornings? Why do we sing songs? Why do we have a sermon? Why, why do we do life groups? Why do we do scatter church? And so it should be an interesting conversation. And in order to to frame the conversation, I thought it would be best um, for, to actually go back and revisit our mission and our vision as, as a church. Um, here's, here, here's our mission and our vision. Here's, here's our mission. Our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. The reason we exist as a church is to meet people wherever they are at on the ladder. Like that, that we, we, we realize that people are in different points of, uh, uh, in their spiritual journey. And we want to be a church who meets people where they're at and help them grow in their spiritual walk. So our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus 
Christ. And it doesn't matter if, if you're exploring faith. It doesn't matter if you're not sure about faith. If this is your first time or if you're coming back to church, it doesn't matter because our desire is to be the kind of church that helps people grow in their faith year after year if they so desire. Okay, so that's the mission. The vision of our church is to be a church that puts the bottom rungs on the ladder, to, to put the bottom rungs of the ladder of, for those who are open to connecting with God. How many of you, uh, a couple of you were in the room when we did a thing called Blueprint in 2015, two, two and a half years ago at this point in time. This, this ladder is something that's been around from the very, very get-go because we, we, this, is, this is what we want to be. We want to be a type of church that puts the bottom rungs on the ladder. And this, this ladder has always been around for us to remind us, oh yeah, that's why we're here. And if you're listening to the podcast on, online, um, you, we, we have a ladder that, we've, that doesn't have the bottom rungs on it as a reminder to us that we want to be the type of church that puts the bottom rungs, that puts the cookies on the bottom shelf for people if they're interested in returning or exploring faith. Because here's the thing. There's 10,000 plus people in this tiny little town that don't go to church. And we want to be the type of church that, that puts the bottom rungs on the ladder if they were to show up, if they were to come and, and hang out with us, that they would be able to understand faith and maybe even grow in their faith. Um, see, in my experience, and maybe this is yours as well, the vast majority of people in this town if they don't go to church, they believe in God. They, they, they're spiritual people. And, they, and what I've found in my experience is a lot of them are open to connecting with God, but for some reason, church has not been a place where they've connected with Him in the past. And our vision, what we want to see in the future, what we want to be and continue being is the type of church that if they were to engage with us, church would be something that's appealing, something that that's, something is approachable, and something that's helpful um, for people who have never been to church or used to go to church or got burned by the church. So, and, and, and for many of you, this is what's cool about this, is for many of you, this is your story. That prior to CLC, you were disengaged from the church, you weren't sure what you thought about church, and then, but because of, of your involvement here, you've experienced a connection with God that you didn't think was possible, or you've grown in your faith, you've climbed the ladder, and, and maybe even you started here, and, and you've grown, and you're growing now, and that's what we, we want a lot of that. We want so much more of that in the future for this town. And this has been, yeah, like I said, this has been a, a part of who we are. This, this is actually why we exist, is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And our vision is to, to put the bottom rungs. We want to be the type of church that's built from the ground up with those who don't go to church in mind. Now, we're going to talk next week about our, vi our vision a little bit more. Today, I want us to focus on our mission our, again, our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. The reason that this is our mission is as a church, we, there's something about, we, we believe something about God. We believe that God is, is on the move to draw every one of us, whether we're religious or not, where we consider ourselves a believer or not, that God is on the move to draw us closer to him and into a relationship with him that's characterized by the word 
trust. Everybody say the word trust with me. Trust. This is, this is our key word for today. And, and we think we want to grow people in trust because the more confidence, the more trust you have in a relationship, the better the relationship is. This is just any relationship, right? Think of a good marriage. If there's trust there, you know, like somebody's like, oh, you know, have you heard from your husband today? He's like, no, 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 I don't know where he is, but I trust him. Or a dating relationship where it's, it's like, you know, your girlfriend, she's with that guy, and the guy's like, it's okay. I trust her. Or, or you know, like a, you know, hey, your dad was supposed to show up at five o'clock. He's not here. That's, that's okay. There's probably a reason for it. He'll come through because I trust him. And see, we believe that that's exactly the type of relationship that God is, is, is this, a, a relationship that's built on trust, that has 100% confidence, that, that, that we, tr- we have absolute trust that God is with us, that we, we trust him even when he comes through and even when it seems like he's not coming through, that we trust him even when we're trying to figure out the college thing and should we go to college or which college should I go to or, you know, you got a diagnosis from a doctor and you're like, man, that might be really bad news. What do I do that through that? I I trust God, you know, no matter what happens or we lost the job and, and now we're not quite sure what to do, but we trust God. I know you're with me through this. See, we, God is, is yearning and longing for a relationship with you and me that's built on trust. Whether that there's times of plenty or times that are, things are kind of skinny. We're, no matter when, you know, like we trust God when life makes sense and even we trust him when it doesn't make sense. And see, th- this is our mission to lead people year after year into that kind of growing faith and trust. And since that's our goal, see, this, this is so important. Since our goal is for you to grow in your faith, we, w- w- these are the th- there's certain things we celebrate as a church. We celebrate w- primarily the stories where we hear you growing in your, your, your trust and your finances or you know, that, that thing with your adult kids or, or your future or you're not sure about dating or marriage. Like, like as we hear stories of you trusting God in those areas, we high-five as a leadership team. We're like, that's what it's about. Here's what we don't celebrate. We, 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 don't, we, we don't consider spiritual maturity we don't confuse spiritual maturity with, with keeping certain laws or certain behaviors. We, you know, we, don't, we don't measure your, your growth on the ladder based on how much you know about the Bible, although that's important. We don't measure spiritual maturity even by, catch this, church attendance. <laughs> like, as, like as much as I love church, I'm like the perfect guy for this job. I love church and i love it when people come to church but i don't make the mistake of of, th- of confusing spiritual maturity with church attendance and honestly here's what I, one of the things I'm, one of the reasons i'm excited about this message this morning for you to hear is i want this to be a load off your shoulders in fact everybody just take a deep breath and go <sighs> and sigh yeah it feels good let's do it one more time we are not the kind of church, we don't keep attendance, 
We don't keep a record of what you give. We don't, we don't keep a, a file on your behavior. We, we love you, and we want to see you grow in your relationship, grow in your trust of God. That's it. Isn't that nice? Like some of us, actually, this is the reason we left church when we were a little kid or when we became an adult, is we were so overwhelmed by it that it just made us run away from it. Like, like it's almost like it's similar to when I need to clean the house, and it's just so bad. Like, it's just so, I mean, I'm looking, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. And so what do I do? I watch Netflix. I don't, I don't, like, I don't clean the house. It's not like, oh, there's a lot of work to do. I need to get at it. No. If we get overwhelmed, it can be to the point where we just, I'm, I'm out. And see, part of being a church that puts the bottom rungs on the ladder is, is we want to be a church that, that has, we, we want you to know that, that all of these things we're doing, the things we're going to look at here in just a couple minutes, all of these things that we do, we do them for one reason, because we care about you and we want to provide opportunity for you. We want to set up dates for you to grow in your trust of your heavenly Father. See, this is a great church. This is a great church to invite your friends to that you're not sure what they believe and they're, they, you know, maybe they're interested but they're not sure where they're at because we're a church that loves to give people the space that they need to figure out what they want to figure out with their heavenly Father because that's what it takes. That's what it took for you. That's what it took for me. And so we want to do that for others. Here's what I want to do for the rest of our time together. I want, I w- like I said, I want to talk about some of the whys behind the what, why, why we do certain things, wh- especially when we gather here on a Sunday morning. And actually, I want to do that. I want us to look at a passage um, from from the book of Acts. And honestly, we're gonna, it's, it's in Acts chapter two. If you have your Bibles, um, we'll have it on the screen. But in Acts chapter two, this this chapter could be legitimately be called day one of the local church. Hold on, that. Uh, that back. Um, day, day one of, of church. Um, and, and there's going to be some interesting things that, that come out of this because I want to see, what, I want us to see what the church was doing the very first day that it started. Here's, here's where this falls. This is, the book of Acts begins right after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What we're going to look at today is about probably 50 days, right around 50 days after Jesus was crucified. And a lot happened in that 50 days. He was crucified, and then three days later, his disciples started reporting that they, like some of them had seen Jesus. And over the next month, or a little bit more than a month, Jesus appeared numerous times. This is why we, we don't just believe anything we hear. There's, there's, there was a lot of people who saw a guy who had died walking around. And it, it, it totally blew, blew their minds. And it was interesting, he, he, he appeared to people numerous times in groups, anywhere from groups of two to actually one time he appeared to 500 people at once. And, uh, and that was what was, happened like a month or a month and a half after his death and, and then after he rose from the dead. We pick up in our story today about day 50. So it's only been like not even two months since all of this happen. Um, and and r- one other thing, right after Jesus died and rose from the dead and did all these appearances, the last time that he appeared to his disciples, his followers, 
Um, there was a bunch of them, and he said, I want you to, you know, I'm about to leave. You're not going to see me anymore, but I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait there for the Holy Spirit. And this is, they they didn't know what this meant, but like they, he, Jesus had talked about it, that there's, the Holy Spirit would come and, and, um, and empower them to do what they needed to do. So they're like, okay, so we go to Jerusalem and wait. So they did that. They waited for 10 days in Jerusalem. And on the first day of a Jewish, a Jewish holiday called Pentecost, a festival, about 120 of them were all together, uh, and suddenly a violent wind hit them, which was kind of weird because they were indoors at the time. Then <laughs> this, this wind, like it, it, um, this, this big violent wind came, and then all of a sudden it seemed like fire came from heaven, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, which enabled them to speak in different languages which we got to stop for a second and like how legit would that be all of a sudden you're like i'm pretty sure i can speak italian you know like like if you're like i'm pretty sure yeah i mean and i was thinking about this week is like if all of a sudden i thought i could speak italian i thought it would be like if somebody handed me the hoverboard from back to the future 2 you guys know what we're talking about that pink thing like like if somebody handed that to me and said this is the hoverboard from back to the future 2 I, I, would, I would be like, yeah, right, I, I got to try this, right? I, I would run outside. Well, that's exactly what these guys did when they, they figured out that they could speak in a different language. They're like, I got to go try this out. I got to go see if I can go tell that joke that I know to somebody who speaks Italian. You know, like there was a rabbi and a priest and a Pharisee. They all went to a bar, you know, like see if anybody understands what I'm talking about because I think I can speak Italian. So, they, so all this 120 people rush out of this room, this, this, this house or wherever they were at, into Jerusalem, and there's this big commotion because all of a sudden people, uh, because there was, there was this festival going on, there was all, a bunch of Jewish people from all over the known world there for this festival, and all of a sudden there's people like, here, honey, do you hear that? Yeah, that's somebody speaking in Egyptian. Yeah, I hear it too. He's talking about a rabbi and a priest and a Pharisee in a bar? You know, like, they, like, no, actually, that's not what they hear. It's, it, said, it said that they heard the wonders of God declared in their own language. And they perked up. They went over, you know, like, what, what are you talking about? How do you know my language? You know, like, like, and there's all of this commotion going on to the point where everybody in the city is like, what is going on? What does this mean? And in fact, some of them even said, are these people drunk? I kid you not, look at this verse. It says, this is Acts 2.14. Literally, Peter had to get up and explain what was going on. He said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk. (laughs) And here's the reason why. It's only nine in the morning. (laughs) You need to read your Bibles more. There's some interesting stuff in it. And and so Peter says that, and now he's got the crowd's attention, and he begins to tell them about Jesus of Nazareth. Now, keep in mind, this is in Jerusalem. Jesus had been crucified yards from where they were at probably at this time. People knew who Jesus was. Like Jesus had been on the scene for three years before this doing some amazing stuff. Like, like feeding thousands of people from nothing. Healing whoever came to him. And you know, even like they would even heard that one time he wrote, he, 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 he raised a guy that had died four days before. 
I mean, every, probably almost everybody in that group had either seen him or heard of him. And Jesus says, hey, you know, you know Jesus? He was the Messiah. He was, and, and Peter was talking to a group of primarily, they're all Jewish people, so they knew what they meant. When he said Messiah, he said he, he was the Messiah. He was the Savior of the world, the one that God had talked about in the Old Testament. He said, remember Joel? And, he's, and Peter quoted some Joel. And he's like, remember David? And he quoted some David, some Psalms that David had written about the Messiah. And he said, this is the good news. Jesus was the Messiah. Here's the bad news. You killed him. <laughs> but the good news is he rose from the dead. But the bad news is, if you're not careful, you might miss out. You might miss him. And the craziest thing happened after Peter is done with this speech. It says this in Acts 2.37. When the people, that is the crowd, heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what must we do? This is, like, this is street preaching that actually worked. <laughs> and I was thinking about this week, I was like, why, why, did it, you know, like, why was it so effective? I think the reason why is because... The, you can't make this stuff up. Like they, they, this was a month and a half ago. It wasn't like, you know, remember that Jesus like 10 years ago? No, the, do you remember that Jesus 50 days ago? Yeah, I remember. I watched him die. And now all of a sudden, there's these guys running around saying, no, he, he rose from the dead. And here's the other crazy thing. Jesus was buried very close to, to where they were. And nobody was able to say, here's the body. You know, like, wait, Peter, can you hold that for a minute? We're gonna, I'll be right back and then go get... Jesus's body because it was not there and then I think what maybe was most compelling or one of the things that was most compelling about this was the spirit of these followers of Jesus these people like like that who had had were were cowards before this they would run away you know from 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 trouble before all of a sudden now they're in the city and, and think about this what do they have to gain by saying that, that Jesus was actually still alive. I would say nothing. In fact, they had a lot more to lose by saying, by, by, by purporting this lie. And so I think their argument was compelling. But they, people saw this and they, and they knew Jesus. See, they'd seen Jesus do so many amazing things. I think some of them were like, I knew there was something up with that guy. And then to hear that he had rose from the dead, that they'd seen him, they believed it. What must we do, brothers, they said. And Peter said, replied, this coming Sunday, put on your best clothes. Come to church, <laughs> 9 a.m., don't be late. And on your way, make sure to tune in to 90.5 FM for a positive and encouraging music and commentary. And, you know, make sure you, know, get, you get your kids, you know, and, and there'll be a, you'll get, once you get there, there'll be a guy who will talk for about 40 minutes, and there's some good coffee, and there's a place for your kids. No, you didn't say any of that, right? We, we're all on the same page. Like, like, he didn't say any of that because there wasn't any of that. And that isn't what the church is anyway, right? He said this. This is verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, which means to admit 
that you've done something wrong, and then to turn, there's, means literally to, to, to like turn 180 degrees away from the wrong that you just admitted to. Admit, uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of, the Je- of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. In other words, what you need to do is put your trust in him. Verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now that is a good first day of church. (laughs) Hey, I think, uh, what are the numbers? Did we grow yesterday? Oh yeah, we went from about 120 to 3,120. Isn't that crazy? Now, see, we have a really unique opportunity in the next couple minutes because what follows, starting in verse 42, what follows is, it's, it's really fascinating. There are certain things. We get a chance to see what was important to these, these very first followers of Jesus. We get to see, uh, see, this is a movement that would eventually change the world. Eventually, two billion people, here we are sitting, two billion people call themselves Christians today. But, but for now, in this part of the story, we get to spy on them before, well, it was a fledgling, fledgling movement, before there were any buildings, before, um, before there was any hierarchy. They didn't even have the Bible as we know it yet. And yet they started doing certain things, and it's those certain things that I want us to focus on for the rest of this morning. They knew that God was on the move, and they found themselves doing certain things in order to be a part of that. This is Acts 2.42. It says this, they, meaning these, these new followers of Jesus, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And little did they know it at the time, but th- what, they, what they found important would prove to be important for centuries Nay, it would be important for millennia for people. Let's read it again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that is learning from those who had been with Jesus, to fellowship, as being with other people who are after what they are after, to the breaking of bread. And this is, this is a, like a play on words of what, how Jesus, during the Last Supper, said, this is my body broken for you, and he broke the bread. So that, that's a way of saying, yes, they ate together, they would have meals together, but before the meals, they would, they would celebrate the Lord's death and resurrection by remembering what he'd done, by breaking bread together. And they devoted themselves to prayer. And that the prayer is, was something they were very familiar with. This is a Jewish method of connecting with God. It had been for a long, long time. But, but again, here, they don't have... The, they, 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 they know that, the, that Jesus is going to build his church but they didn't have an event. They didn't have, they just had, they did these things in order to draw closer. They decided that these things were things they were going to do. They weren't going to dabble in them. Check it out. It says, it was, it says they, were, they would devote themselves. They devoted themselves to these things, which in Greek, it's, it's cool, there's a cool word in Greek. It actually literally means to make yourself strong or to make strong. That's what it means to devote yourself to. Anybody do a, a New Year's resolution in 2018. Anybody willing, to, brave enough to say you did a New Year's resolution 
Because chances are, like by the statistics, you already have broken it. But that's, okay, that's besides the point. If you decided to do a New Year's resolution in, in 2018, what you've decided is there's certain habits or things or areas of your life that you'd like to improve, right? Like your health or your diet or your fitness or your, your finances. And then you make plans to devote yourself or make strong certain areas like budgeting or, you know, food diarying. Uh, diary? Diary. Diary. A food diary, like you write down? Yeah, that, that's a better word, isn't it? Uh, you know, yeah, like you do certain things. You, you decide to make yourself strong in order to eliminate debt or to, to lose weight or whatever. That's what we do. Because we all know that those things, we, we have to do that because we know those things won't take care of themselves, right? <laughs> Your debt won't pay off itself. So you, 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 can't, you can't worry, like unfortunately you can't just go to sleep and your body works out while you sleep. Like you have to think about it. You have to bring intention to it. And see, something, see, the same grit, the same intention is beneficial in the spiritual realm as it is in the physical, as it is in the financial. The same resolution, like, like we need to devote ourselves to spirit, if we want to grow spiritually, like, like we need to devote ourselves to, to, to that. We need to devote ourselves to certain activities, just like these guys did from day one. They said, we're going to devote ourselves. We're not just going to dabble in them. We're going to intentionally pray, break bread together. We're going to fellowship together and, 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 and submit ourselves to the, the apostles' teaching in order to, to have a rich life with God, they decided we're going to devote ourselves to these. And I, I want to make sure we see this, that we don't miss this. Because oftentimes we see things in the physical world that, that really clearly, but we don't see them in the spiritual world. And, and here's something else that I want us to see in, in this passage. I want to read just like the rest of it really quick. Pay attention to the word together in these verses that follow. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. That is, they, they literally sold what they had and just kind of pooled it together. It was a really cool and unique and beautiful, um, yeah, they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, you see this? This is, this is a really rare, cool opportunity do you see how that, can you paint the picture of what's being described here? Because here we get on day one of the church, this snapshot of what, of what they were doing as a church, what activities were important to them. And we see that the power that came from that, that they, they grew. They grew numerically, they grew personally, they grew in unity with each other. People, people who were in need were no longer in need because of it. See, that's church. Honestly, you can hate organized religion, but love what's happening in a picture like this. 
because it's a grassroots movement. It's this beautiful picture of what happens when people commit and devote themselves to certain things and devote themselves to doing it together. There's something so pure, something so natural. And see, that's church. Everything else is extra credit at best, and at worst, it's some, some of it just becomes a distraction. But if we're caring for one another, and we're growing in our faith, that's what matters. It's the same as true today. And what's cool is, see, this is the why behind what. This is why we do a lot of these things that we do. Everything that we do as a church, we think about, we pray about it a lot. And we put a lot of intention to it. We've, there's a group of people here who have devoted themselves to making a church strong. And as we think about it, we, we read stuff like this and we're like, that's what we want. Which is why we, we, we gather here today um, and we join something a, a, a lot bigger than ourselves. Uh, see, this is why, this is why um, in our desire to grow your faith, we've incorporated a lot of these things. This is why we meet on Sunday. Do you know why we meet on Sunday mornings? It's because there would come a time where th- this Jewish, these Jewish followers, they would, you saw they met in the temple, they would soon get kicked out of the temple because of their beliefs, the, the, of what they'd seen Jesus do, and, and that he was the Messiah. They didn't, people didn't disagree, and they got kicked out of the Jewish. And well, the, the Jewish meetings were primarily on Saturday, Saturday, on the Sabbath. And so what, when they got kicked out, they're like, well, when are we going to meet? They're like, well, how about we meet on the Lord's Day? Sunday morning was kind of his time when he rose from the dead. And that's why we meet on Sunday mornings. That's why we get together and, and, and there's preaching. is because they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It's, it's nothing to do with me. I'm not special. But we, what we say is we're committed to doing this because there's something special that happens when we look at the word together, when we talk about what has happened in, in each other's lives in such a way like that we do that together, and that's why we are committed to doing this. That's why we sing songs. Singing's always been a rich part of the Christian faith. And, and here, here's a little bit of a, a, a why behind the what for here at CLC. A lot, of, a lot of churches maybe that you've been to in the past, they sing their songs first, we decided at CLC, we, we kind of dabbled with this, little, played with this a little bit in the beginning, but we love having the, ser- the songs after the sermon to give you guys the space to reflect, to pray, to, to, to think about, to grow in your trust with God, to give you that space. That's very much on purpose. And we're, that's why we're committed to prayer and praying together in our life groups and here and, and, and will continue to grow. That's why in, in see, it's why in 2018 we decide we, we want to meet every week because we want to, to give people more opportunity to engage in a format like this and therefore grow in their trust. We want to embrace in 2018 we're, we're wanting to embrace some of the sacred expressions of our faith like communion. We're going to take communion today where we remember what Christ has done for that for us and we'll do that more in our life groups we'll do that more in this environment in 2018 we're hoping to to pray to grow in prayer as a group together and give you opportunities for that here's another one that's cool in in 2018 we we want to introduce you to a resource called the blue book 
And this, this book right here is, is designed to be kind of a daily, or it's, it's, it's broken up into weeks. There's, there's enough um, chapters in this for, for every, every week to have uh, a content that talks about different things. And, and um, what, th- what we're excited about this is it'll get you into the Word. It'll, 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 it'll train us how to pray. And you know, another thing that's really cool about this is it has a bunch of quotes from Christians of old. Some of the timeless classics like Francis Assisi and St. Augustine and John Wesley and C.S. Lewis. Like every, every day, every week, there's, there's mo- lots of quotes. If, if the idea of doing something daily, devoting yourself to God on a daily basis is something that's really, you're just not even sure where to start, here's a great place to start. And here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to use the app in 2018 to, to tell you, to communicate to you what week we're doing together as a church. And then we're going to, so that we can be on our own, we're going to be reading these things, but when we're together, we might be able to talk about, hey, what are you learning this week? That's, so that's one of the things. Um, you can order this on Amazon, and actually we'll have, we'll have a bunch of copies for you next week, next Sunday at church. Um, the Blue Book, just a, the Blue Book by Jim Branch. We're excited by that. Which is why, here's another thing in 2018, life groups. Again, that idea of, of this stuff is, is cool, you know, to, to pray and to read the word, but it, it's like it triples in power when we do it together. And we've decided that this environment's important, but we've, we've decided, you know what, circles are better than rows. It's something we've said from the beginning, that when it comes to prayer and reading the word, the smaller, the better. And so we've designed environments called life groups where you can engage in that way. If you're part of a life group in the past, many of you are, you're still, like we, you're still signed up for one. Like it, unless we hear otherwise, you'll, you'll hear some communication this week. We're going to start them not this week, but next week. If you're interested in a life group, please talk to one of us. Uh, and actually, don't talk to one of us. There's a way to, you can go on our, our website. Uh, I think you can do it through the app too, uh, to sign up, and we'll get you information on that. See, all of this, see, again, again, here's my fear. As I'm talking about all of these things, that you start to feel overwhelmed. You start to feel like, oh my goodness, I'm barely doing this. I can't do all that. You don't need to feel that way. No one's taking attendance. No, nobody's keeping track. There's no file. You don't have a file. We, we, we just want you to grow in your trust. And, and we are trying to, all we're trying to do is, is provide opportunities for you to grow in your trust. We love you. We, we're with you. We pray for you by name. But here's the thing. We can't do this for you. We can't grow your faith. We can set up dates. We can, we can put, you know, put the, the, the rungs on the, the bottom of the ladder, and we do, and we will. We'll, we're committed to doing that, to make things as clear as possible. But only you can trust God more for yourself. Only you can grow that. And here's the deal. It's going to take devotion. It's going to take you committing yourself to making certain things 
strong. But here's the thing. If you decide to do this, imagine what might happen. Uh, imagine see, if, if, if you do the blue book thing or you, you, you prioritize Sunday mornings or you, you join a life group, your trust in him will begin to grow. And as you trust him more, what happens is you'll, you'll start to get the peace the resilience and the courage to face what you need to face out there. Because right now, some of us, there's stuff out there, right, that we need to face. Like, like this is nice, but the movie will be over soon, and, and you've got to face reality again. And here's the thing. When we pursue God, and we pursue growing and trusting Him more, that's what gives us what we need to face what we have to face. See, imagine Developing a faith that's strong enough to face the problems with your adult children, to face the financial things that you're facing right now, to face the unknown in your future, or to face the career that you're not sure where it's going and what to do with it, to face the loneliness or the addiction or the depression. Imagine growing in your faith in your trust of God to the point where like, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I know you are with me. That's powerful. And that's what God wants for you. That's what we want for you. And that's what we're praying for you to have in 2018. We're going to take communion. I'm going to pray here in a, in a second. And then we're going to take communion together as a church. And communion, um, again, this is the time for us to remember when Christ um, pulled his disciples together and he, and he said, this is, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. This is my blood that is poured out for you. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. And, and, and communion is for those of us who have placed, put our trust in Jesus Christ. And if, if you haven't placed your trust in Jesus Christ, I can't think of a better way to do that than through communion as, as a way of saying, because when we take communion, we're saying, we remember your sacrifice for our sins, Lord. We acknowledge that we need a Savior. And we put our trust in you that you are that Savior. That's all it is. Um... So uh, what it'll look like is Nick Donoff will be up here with, with bread and, and wine. Just in the next song, feel free to come up, take it, take the bread, dip it in the cup, and take it at your own pace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your son. And we thank you, I thank you for this snapshot, this, this picture that we get to see of a group of people being the church, embodying what you set out to create that day so many years ago. And I pray for, for Colorado Life Church that we would be that. That we would be a group of people that are committed to being together that we would be a group of people who are devoted to growing in our trust of you. 
Lord, be with our hearts today. Some of us are facing difficult, difficult things. And I pray that, that because of what happens today, the step that they take towards trusting you would give them the resilience, the peace, and the courage they need to face what they're facing today. Thank you, Lord. In your name, amen.